Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This is Jeff Fedotin with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Kansas City Chiefs tight end Keith Cash joins former Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio on our show. Keith, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. Always good to see Big Joe. And what wow. looks like a relative of his. You guys look like uh, <laughs> look, look like you're related. Yeah, well, you know, I would like to think that that you know I'm 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 probably be considered Jeff's older uncle. Maybe uh, <laughs> I don't know, but old enough to be Jeff's dad, but I'm definitely old enough to be his uncle. <laughs> I, I wish I wish I had the Valerio DNA in my uh, <laughs> in my family. Well. Keith, perhaps my favorite Chiefs memory of all time was your touchdown and celebration by throwing the ball at the poster of Buddy Ryan in that 1994 playoff game against the Oilers, one Joe, of course, played in. Can you take us through that play? And how much do fans still ask you about that? I hear about it all the time, (laughs) and I hear about it just like that. One of my favorite Chiefs moments was when you threw the ball at Buddy Ryan as as Joe know, you have to you have to play with a little bit of anger when you're out there, <laughs> and, I, and I had some anger issues in my youth. I can say that, <laughs> and I was able to take it out on the football field. So, uh, just took advantage of a very aggressive defense. Did a little bootleg, and I was out there. All I had to do was catch it and walk into the end zone. Well, I you know Jeff, you say it's it's Chiefs fans you know favorite. As a Chiefs player, it's one of my all time favorite. I mean, memories of of playing Kansas City. And what a lot of people don't know or remember is when you watch the film back. And you know, we used to have you know we used to use Betamax tapes. We're just dating ourselves now. Everything's of course digital, (laughs) and we had the Betamax tapes because they were high quality, right? And you could slow them down. If you slowed it down at that moment, you could see so much trash heading Keith's way. <laughs> Hot dogs, cups, cu- you know, cups of ice, crushed cans. I don't know if there was a golf ball in there or two, but man, there was some stuff flying at Keith when he did that. And we got the biggest kick out of that in the film room when we slowed that down and we said, man, Keith got rained upon uh, <laughs> when he hit the with the bu- beloved Buddy Ryan. With that touchdown ball, man, that so was in the shake of the what head. What was man. the reaction of of you and your teammates when that, not just watching the film, but in the moment, what was the reaction like? Well, I think, I mean, that game was, as Keith will tell you, anybody who played for the Chiefs in that era, it, it's it got to go down as one of, you know, we had some great games. We had the, the San Francisco game, right? The Joe Montana, Steve Young shootout. You know, we had, uh, you know, some, some great games with all the rivals. But I, I got to say – at least for me, it's got to go down as, as one of the greatest games that I had a chance to even be a part of. Right. I, I think for any chiefs player from that era to be one to, to go into the house of pain, 
you know, I think I believe we were double digit underdogs. I mean, I'm, oh, don't yeah. quote me yeah. on that, but we were double digit underdogs. They, the 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 Oilers had won 11 games in a row. Run shoot offense, Buddy's 46 defense. It was it was we, it, everything was set for us to not win that game and to win yeah. that game to come home. And there's 25,000 people in the rafters at 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 the airport. Like it, it was one of the greatest sports experiences of my life. And you know, for all those reasons and to watch Keith, one of my best friends, you know, do that play and then, and shake his head and take that (laughs) ball and throw it. It was like, I, my jaw just dropped. I was like, Oh my God, that just happened. And it was was a great memory, man. I'll tell you. That was fantastic. That was fantastic. If you remember, they beat the heck out of us earlier in that year. Uh, I don't remember what the score was, but it was not pretty. And then before the game, they were, talking about taking out Joe and he's an old man. You see some of these NFL films now and they're talking about, you know, what they're going to do to Joe and that old man. And man, we just went in there tough sledding for the first half. But when the, when the uh, faucet opened, we, we poured it on, we beat them up pretty good. Black 58 razor. Black 58 <laughs> I don't know if that, that wasn't the play, but that was the one that's always, you know, on like the highlight films that you see of Joe. That was the that was his that was his main audible, right? right? When 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 everything was coming at him. I think he even used that same terminology when he was with San Francisco. I think it was pretty much Paul Hack's same play. Yeah. And yeah, I was I always think about that when I think about that. And a lot of people, Keith, you know, you're a Texan, right? And and you probably know this better than anybody having grown up there some people have said that that loss was the reason why the Houston Oilers folded and moved because they say if they would have won that game it might have given them just that little bit of an impetus to stay but I've heard you know stories I I think there was a 30 for 30 documentary about that team and and that Houston team and and the team leaving and not being the Oilers anymore that that game was 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 really the nail in the coffin of that organization um, and if they would have won that game, having done what they did that season, they, they may have Houston as a city may have come up with the goods to keep them there. But that was part of the reason why they bolted. Was, yeah, was yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy we put that final nail in. The <laughs> <laughs> and you were and you were and you were holding uh, the hammer, Keith. You man, were holding the hammer, man. I learned it's, it's funny how Marty used to get us almost to where we like. I remember going to that game thinking I hate the Oilers. <laughs> what they did to us the previously and then all the trash talk and God, their defense was stacked from front to back, man, it was, it was, I had a, a, a hatred for the, for the Oilers. And if only for that one game, uh, Marty had did a good job of getting us fired up a couple of times throughout the year, the Raiders and, you know, whoever we were going to play in the playoffs. So yeah, uh, it, it was uh, hate to see rest in peace, Marty. Uh, miss that guy, miss seeing him around every now and again. But uh, yeah, it was a, a great game. One of my favorite memories, just the, uh, after that game, I remember the locker room and the the uh, elation that we had and the, the cheers and chants that we had in the locker room was pretty cool. Was that, you know, your famous celebration throwing it at the, po- the football, the poster, was that at all premeditated or when you were just running down, did you just kind of see the poster and like, I got to do this? Yeah, it was one of those things you got into the end zone and I was about to run back to celebrate with my teammates and just saw it out of the corner of my eye. 
<laughs> and uh, Buddy Ryan, uh, God rest his soul as well, uh, just a big trash talker. And I remember <laughs> him being, his, his defense kind of took on uh, his identity of, of tough guy and, and fighting and, and all of those things. And when it came down to it, uh, it was just a, a release to, to throw that ball on at, uh, at Buddy. And, man, I, I bet we were – everything we did after that kind of worked, worked out for us. We were rolling at that point. Yeah, it got our momentum going for sure. And uh, I think the stars just aligned in that game for us, Keith. And, you know, Keith was – you know, you, when you look back, and I think back, and, I, and not just because we're talking to Keith today and he's a dear friend and a great teammate, but really, Keith, having done this, you know, uh, followed football, you know, ever since, you know, leaving the game, I got to say that from an H-back perspective, you know, when you go back and look at the way teams were run, you, you really were, in my eyes, one of the pioneers of the position. I, I, I hope you feel that way because when I think back about that tight end, hybrid, H-back, whatever, whatever you want to call it, the more like athletic tight end, so to speak. I mean, you were a great blocker, don't get me wrong, but I know where your strengths were. And it was really that you were an extension of the receiving game. And I, I really think that you were the pioneer. I think what you were doing out there and what Marty did with you was, was cutting edge, uh, you know, along with Paul Hackett. I, I really do. And, I, and you embraced it. And to me, you set the standard for what you look at these modern tight ends today you know, Travis Kelsey, you know, Tony Gonzalez, not too modern, but relatively yeah. modern, more modern than us. Right. Uh, you really, you really were the pioneer, man. Are you, and I you embraced that. it. I appreciate that. I um, took pride in what I did, obviously coming to the Chiefs, we are a run heavy team. And I knew that if I was going to get on the field, blocking was going to be a big part of that. But the fact that they, I mean, when Joe came along, uh, not only were we doing the pass, the play action passes where it was predicated on running the ball very well, uh, but we did open up that offense a little bit and showed some glances of some uh, some of the offenses that you see today. Were you used to that at Texas? Like when you made that transition to KC, was that something you were used to? Was that a position that was similar for what you were doing? Yeah, so I was a receiver at Texas. If you remember, my brother, twin brother Kerry, was the yeah. was the tight end. It wasn't a, it wasn't two backs. I was widening up wide. I was widening up. I was lining up wide, lining up in the slot. So you know, from a the movements and the motions and all that stuff came easy. It was the blocking that 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 took some time to figure out. I was drafted by the Redskins and. They had Charles Mann and some guy that looked like a 290-pound Tarzan as their defensive ends. And I remember going up against them in practice uh, when I first got to, to Washington and just banging heads with those guys. And I was wondering what the heck I got into, uh, putting my hand in the dirt. But, yeah, they used me in a way that, uh, you know, really – showed my skate allowed me to show the, the skills that I did have. And then, you know, over time, uh, you know, between the, the Redskins and, and, and Steelers and then cemented with the chiefs and what they were doing, it, 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 the blocking came hard. The receiving was always, always pretty easy, but uh, man, just turned into a, a decent blocking receiving tight end. 
And Keith, uh, you got to go back to, you, you brought up the name, the Steelers. You got to go back to what fans also have to remember besides the great buddy ball incident of Houston, <laughs> the spike in the face. You got to remember that, that pump block against Pittsburgh that, yeah. that propelled us really. In the playoffs? Whole, yeah, 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 yeah. That whole string, right? Think about that. The overtime win in Pittsburgh, right? Yep. Or I'm sorry, in Kansas City against Pittsburgh, you know, Bill Cower, Marty's mentee, the whole right. nine yards, right? I mean, the, the, the overtime win there, going to Houston, I mean, it was a run. But, man, it really, if you think about it, started with that punt yeah. block. That really propelled us to me, yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as a also a, a special teamer, uh, we took a lot of pride in what we did on, in special teams. And Kansas City was known for for blocking punts and guys just getting after it, rising to the occasion when the when we needed something to happen. And it was just one of those times where we talked about it in the huddle. Uh, somebody has to get there because it was pretty late in that game, if I remember correctly. Heck yeah. Uh, probably a couple minutes, if that. And uh, man, it was like the Kendall Gammon is a is a good friend of mine. He lives in Kansas City, and he always says that it's the the punter's fault that the punter got off got off uh, got the ball off too slow. And I tell him it was a little head bob that he had yeah. from film study that we learned. And he, uh, you know, we got off. Fast start. I mean, it was a track meet to the ball because there were some other guys that were fairly close to it. I was just lucky enough to to beat my guy with a little swim move and and uh, and get home and get home. So yeah, that was a pretty special time uh, for Kansas City. I know it hadn't been. It was twenty. Shoot, since we the the run that they just went on a couple of years ago, they hadn't won any home playoff games for yeah. twenty years. That was it. That right. was the until, last until Mahomes. That was the last oh, that Steelers game, I believe, was the last home playoff win prior to the Mahomes era. So that yeah. and what it's hard to believe. Hard to hard believe. What a postseason bite. I mean, Cat Keith Cash setting up both those <laughs> both those key plays. Well, our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including Major League Baseball, latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. With training camp right around the corner, Bet Online has opened up odds for team wins, division futures, and of course, the Super Bowl. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. Um, Keith, I know you're still living in Kansas City these days. Uh, what is your take on you know Travis Kelsey? No, no tight end has had more consecutive thousand yard seasons in the history of the NFL. Tight end to tight end. I'm curious, Keith, is he the best ever in your in your opinion? I think he might be, I wouldn't say he's the best ever. He's one of the best to ever play this game. I think offenses have changed, obviously, mm -hmm. uh, throughout the years, and he gets targeted a bunch. And that's just part of what a, what a tight end does. He, he may be the best receiving tight end to ever play the game. I'm not sure he's the best overall tight end. I think Tony, Tony Gonzalez might have something to say about that. For sure. But just uh, he has a skill set that is that is special, and he is a mismatch every time he comes out of that huddle. 
his route running, I, I'm curious, your more expert take, his route running might be the best that that oh. I, I, I remember. But did you agree yeah. that that's the facet of his game that uh, seems to be the best of, a, <laughs> of, of his game? Absolutely. Absolutely. He is he is a technician when he's out there running those routes, changes the speeds, just does a lot of things, a lot of nuances that he that he that he has that you know not a lot of guys are doing. I know they have these, you look around the, the league and the game's changing. The tight end is getting the ball a heck of a lot more. It's more extension of a receiving core, H back type. Um, and they just do a very good job of of getting him in positions that he's gonna win through movements, through uh, shifts, all of those things that you have to do to get open, and they they find those matchups and they just feed them the ball. I, I kind of wonder what I would have done with 10, 10 targets a game. That would have been fun. To, <laughs> I'm not sure. I had a I had about ten targets every four or five games. To be honest with you. Well, it was a different. It was well. You know what, Keith? That's a great segue into a question I wanted to ask you about. Positions that have um, been modified or evolved over the last, let's call it 20 years. And here's my opinion, and I have opinion on this. Two positions, one on either side of the ball. I'll start with defense. Um, we don't need to talk about that one, but this is just to set the stage. I feel like defensive tackle has been one of the positions on defense that has evolved more than any on defense for a couple of reasons. Number one, the size of the players and their athletic ability, you know, guys that are 350 pounds running four fives. How do you block them? Like, and, 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 and there was, there was signs of that when we were playing the Cortez Kennedy's of the world, the Russell Maryland's of the world. But I think the position has evolved more than any other position on defense. And then I flipped the other side of the ball, which is more appropriate for this conversation to give you, to set the stage is I think it's been tight end because I think quarterbacks are quarterbacks. I think the running back position, you know, offensive line, we're still doing our thing, but I just think tight end has been the position. I wanted to get your take on that. It's been the position on offense that has evolved more than any other from where you look the nineties, late eighties, and you look today. Do you, do you agree with that? And what do you, what do you think? What are your thoughts on, on, on the I tight do. end position I, today? I do agree with that. And I think this game more than, you know, when we played, it was, we're going to run this play regardless of the defense that you're in. It's regardless of the, the front that you're in, we're going to run this play. The game now is so much about matchups and getting your players in favorable positions. Sometimes we didn't have good plays for, for certain uh, fronts or certain uh, certain fronts primarily. But my goodness, with the offenses are dictating what the defense does at this point. It used to be where the defense is, we got to figure out what the defense is doing and they kind of dictate to us what we can run based on the number of people in the box or whatever. With a tight end that can play inside or outside, can play a true tight end, or can step in the slot and function just like a receiver, that's where the game is changing. That's why you're seeing receivers putting up or tight ends putting up receiver-like numbers mm -hmm. because it's it's a mismatch. They're they're mismatched. They're too big for a lot of safeties and and uh, too shifty for a lot of lot of tight ends or a lot of linebackers that they're going to put on you. 
So it's just finding that mismatch and taking advantage of it over and over and over. And what the Chiefs have done with formations and shifts and uh, you're scared to death of their speed and what they're going to do there, if one person is out of position or takes one false step up or takes one false step back, uh, it's a nightmare to try to get to get back into play sometimes. Keith, and you were telling me off air how you're uh, part of the Chiefs Ambassadors. Uh, that's what you're involved with now. I want to go back a little bit to the past. So give me your favorite Joe Valerio oh, story. Oh, here he goes. Jeff's day. always got – he's always got <laughs> – I always do this for Something to embarrass me. Oh, no, man, I'm not going to embarrass you. My favorite uh, no. was watching you run against the Arizona Cardinals. Out <laughs> when you – what, was it uh, Bono? Was it was Bono, Bono running the touchdown? Deep. And you yeah. backpedaled pretty much the last so many <laughs> yards. Like, come on, man, come on. Because he was go. yelling at me. Keith, he was yelling at me. He's like, slow <laughs> down. Stop. You can't. He goes, you can't win this race. So That was hilarious. Yeah. Funniest, one of the funniest moments. And we had a great time with that in the locker room after and uh you know, watching it on film. I mean, watching it on film is just hilarious. I mean, that but was that another was my, Buddy Ryan moment. What, what's that? That was another Buddy Ryan moment. That was that was. Oh, Buddy, that's right. That, that was Buddy Ryan's. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. yeah. That was that's Buddy's right. defense. Just literally, I think there. I think there were fans that were jumping on Marcus in that pile, like out of the stands. <laughs> there were so many people. The referee, I think, oh. jumped. The umpire jumped onto Marcus, tried to tackle him. That's and right. Thing, you know, Bones is like, and now my. I got to be honest, Keith, why you brought the, it up, why you brought it up. I got to be honest. I was hoping he threw it to me. Like you me have too. no idea. Like me I too. was just, I, cause I saw him come out and then went, and then, and then my heart sunk when he, he went like this. Right, right, I, was right, like, right. I was like, Oh no. Uh, I, like, I would have loved to have seen that. Would that have been the, the longest reception by an offensive lineman? Oh, Any I would have, I mean, that? it was, I would imagine. I can't imagine, right, Jeff? You're you you got all those stats in your head. I don't think it could. I mean, it was the longest run up until what? Maybe a couple of years ago by a quarterback. So I would right, imagine. Right. It would have, oh. I would imagine it would have been the longest. Yeah, yeah that, but, that, that's one of those records that would have stood forever had he thrown yeah, it to you. Yeah. Oh man, it was it was a yeah, dream. Was, it was a dream that got dashed real quick when he pointed like this. He kind of pointed. He's like he 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 was pointing his finger down the field like run. And I started running. Remember, I like blindly, like, you know, Lyman, we get out in space. We don't know what the heck we're doing. Right. It was like, it was like, it was like that game, you know, when I scored it um, against the Broncos on Monday night and I was on the four yard line and I dove from the four yard line. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I hadn't held, you know, I hadn't held a football in space in 25 years. Oh, that was fantastic. Uh, but we yeah, had, that's my favorite joke. Uh, Joe moment. That was, well, let me tell that you. was just fantastic. Keith was a uh, – let me tell you, Jeff, Keith is an athlete's athlete. Let me tell you. He – bowling. I mean, Keith was a – we had a little – we had a little bowling league going back in the 90s. And, and uh, you know, remember it was uh, it was Mike Bartram, yeah. Eric Anderson, um, Matt Blunden. Um, oh, yeah. We yeah. had a couple of guys would come out. And, and I'm telling you, Keith was – he was creme de la creme when it came to knocking the pins down, Jeff. So don't don't let him, don't let anybody think that it was just football that guy was good at. He could, I mean, he could, he could wax that, wax those pins and man, knock them all down. So just throw it hard. 
Yeah. In yeah. Action. That's how you <laughs> in action. Throw it as hard as you can. Just picture Buddy Ryan as one of the pins, apparently. There you go. There there you go. go. <laughs> fly. But Jeff, we, you know, Jeff and I talked about this last week, Keith, on the pod, and we were talking about the bonds that we had basically thanks to Marty and what we called, you know, Marty time equals Lombardi time, right? Because I was thinking about the training camp. We're, here we are right on the precipice of training camp, right? Rookies right. coming in. And Jeff and I have had a lot of conversation about how different training camp was for us and sure. the way that it is today. And, sure. and, and wow. Could you imagine we, we could have played for, for 40 years. I'm telling you, I'm telling you it's uh it's for the better. I mean, I think yeah. guys are fresher and all that, but I think our lot, I mean, there's no way most of these guys could have gone through the, the training camps that we went through. It was a little different. It was intense. It was, uh, you almost, yeah, going through that, going through that together when the season came through, there was nothing that we weren't prepared for. And it made me fight a little bit more for my brothers that were out on the field because we did go through that training camp together and we were locked down. It wasn't uh, flying. I saw Mahomes at a, what was he at? At a football game during training camp. And it's like, what the, what the heck? What the heck is this? <laughs> I know, right? We couldn't even, we, you know, I, I mean, I remember once a bunch of the veterans made me ask Marty. They were like, uh, Joe, you're Catholic, right? I said, yeah. I said, go, go ask Coach Schottenheimer uh, if we're going to have mass on Sunday. If you remember that first year we went to River Falls, right, in 1991, we, we locked down for 13 days of straight two-a-days. And, and, and he said, they said, go ask uh, Coach if we're going to get uh, Sunday off to go to Mass. And I said, Coach, uh, you know, uh, I was just wondering, uh, since I'm Catholic, I know you're Catholic. Uh, do you think we might uh, be able to get off? He said, don't worry, Joe, I'm, I'm bringing a priest in for lunch. <laughs> and we did like a 10 we did like a 10 minute mass at lunch <laughs> Keith, is it kind of like a life lesson in the way that those camps are so arduous and stuff and it's like if something in your day-to-day life is hard or whatever it's like man i got to do the schoenheimer training camp for all those years like is it do you kind of look at it like that yeah there's there's a lot of lessons in in sports as a whole, but some of those training camps, I mean, you had to get up and get going. Same discussion I had with my, one of my sons today. Uh, He has a six o'clock practice trying to beat the heat in Kansas city. And it really is, man, you got to get yourself going and we're going to, you know, we're going to do it again tomorrow. Um, You got to go out there enthusiastically and just do your job. You got to go do your job. And it was no different back then that I tell you, a weekend to two a days. And sometimes we had a little special teams practice in between. Um, there is nothing fun about training camp, nothing fun about training camp, but you know what you got up and you did it and you, you uh, got knocked down or maybe you didn't have a good practice one day and, and you just do it again. And there's something to be said about repetition and doing something over and over and over then when the fire starts, when the real games start going, you just respond as if, yeah, I've seen that before a million times. You just you just get up and go. Keith, I was going to ask any, you know, I know you still follow the team. You mentioned you're, we talked about uh, you being a Chiefs ambassador. Any thoughts, predictions about the current Chiefs as we head into the 2022 season? 
this is one of those times. Every, every I've been asked that question a few times about this team, how it compares to last year's team and Super Bowl teams. Mm-hmm. I think they're just as capable now to win the whole thing as they were, you know, several seasons ago. I think when it comes down to it, if you have the best player on the field playing on your team, you have a chance to win games. If you have a quarterback that can uh, elevate the players around him, uh, it's kind of like what Joe did for us during our time, Joe. Um, If you have a quarterback that can elevate the players that is a leader, that is in guys' ears, you know, just encouraging them, I think that gives you a chance to win every game. They're obviously not going to win every game, but if you look at their schedule on paper, it's a tough schedule. But I believe that you win most all your games at Arrowhead and half the games on the road, and, you know, you got 12 wins every year. So when you look, when you just, that's the math I've always gone by. They're going to win most of the games at home. They're going to win a good number of them on the road and you end up with 12, 13 wins. Yeah. Do you think there's anything they've done this year, Keith, that's going to help them differentiate themselves? Is there any, any position group you think they improved upon that's going to help them separate from this pack in the AFC West, which is extremely competitive as it always is. The linebackers are outstanding. Mm -hmm. I think this group that they're going to run out there, they're young, they're physical, uh, they do a lot of different things. I like what they did at the defensive end position, even though I know they're trying to get another mm-hmm. uh, rush in. Uh, but the kid they got from Purdue, I remember him as a freshman looking at the field, and he was just all over the place. He just made a ton of plays. And mm-hmm. offensively, I mean, they got a cornerback, the first cornerback that they drafted in the first round in I don't know how many years. So they're addressing positions of need mm-hmm. uh, offensively. You know, everyone talks about the Tyreek Hill, um, you know, going to to Miami. But I look at that as a opportunity for not only for some guys to step up, but to make this offense a lot more unpredictable. So you people have no, you know, Tracy, uh, Kelsey's going to get his touches. But who else from an offensive wide receiver position are they going to get the ball to? Mm. I mean, is, is, uh, Nicole gonna gonna step up and take that heel role, or is uh, the rookie Sky Moore? Uh, is he gonna step up? Is is uh, Juju, Juju Smith gonna step up? Who is it gonna be? I think that's what you get. You get a, a lot of guys that can do a lot of different things. That uh, they're gonna be unpredictable. I think they're gonna score a ton of points, just like they have been doing. They'll be top five again in scoring. I think the defense is better, uh, the best kicking game in the league. I think if you look at all those things, it's a recipe to win a ton of games. And then you throw uh, Andy Reid in there with his philosophies and and uh, his offense. Gosh, I, I just think that they do. A, they're going to be a really good team again. It's going to be a tough. It's our, our division is tough. I mean, they've, they've, a lot of teams have done a lot of things to try to catch up with the Chiefs, but we continue to evolve. I don't know what we're going to be, to be quite honest with you. Uh, I just don't know what the Chiefs are going to be, but I bet at the end of the season, we are 12, 13 wins, and we're probably in the playoffs again. Keith, awesome to catch up with you. Thank you so much. This is going to be such a treat for our listeners, and we really appreciate it, man. Absolutely, Joe. Good to see you, man. Good to see you, Jeff. 
Thank you for having me. Joe, you are one of the nicest guys. You have the same smile today that you had 25 <laughs> years ago when we played. I remember your um, enthusiasm was was infectious. Uh, love you, brother. I mean, uh, I, I really do. You're one of my favorite you, people that I ever played with and and a great friend and a, and a good football player and a, and a better man. So I do uh, appreciate you. Right, right back at the Right back at you, Keith. I feel the same. Love you too, man. It's awesome to see you. I'm so glad you stayed connected with the Kansas City community and the team. They're lucky to have you there. Um, you know, right back at you, buddy. Have a great, uh, you know, enjoy the season. Enjoy it. Enjoy enjoy the excitement that comes with being an ambassador and and um, all the great things that, uh, that come with being in the Kansas City community. So glad you're there and the, the community is lucky to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. And if you enjoyed the show presented by Bet Online, please subscribe. We're available on your favorite directories iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.